0: Hello there, God bless you, and welcome into the study today. We're going to be picking it up in Genesis chapter 31, verse 17. Now, just a little catch up here, where we're at. Jacob has gone to Leah and Rachel and said, you know, I'm kind of tired of your dad fooling around, you know, keeping me here, and he just continues to prosper off of me, and he's ready to go home. He's ready to go to his own family. And they agreed with him, they said, you know, he he has been messing him around, and it's time for him to ease on back. So we're going to pick it up in verse 17. We ask for clarity and understanding from our Father in Jesus' name, and verse 17 reads, Then Jacob rose up and set his sons and his wives upon camels. And he carried away all his cattle and all his goods which he had gotten, the cattle of his getting which he had gotten in Padan Aram, for to go to Isaac his father in the land of Canaan. Now you might remember Him and Laban made a deal in our last study where any of the the not solid colored, the the ring-straked or the spotted uh, sheep, Jacob could keep. And he had a dream. God gave him a dream and showed him how to be able to cause these sheep to throw speckled and spotted sheep or or lambs. And so he had a great increase in, in in. livestock at that time. So he's got quite a bit of herd to go with him. In verse 19, and Laban went to shear his sheep and Rachel had stolen the images that were her father's. Now this shows here that th- this place where they're at is kind of it's it's right on the outskirts, right on the border of ancient Babylon. And it shows there that they are still holding on to some of these Babylonian customs, these false idols. And even though in chapter 30, verse 27, Laban was all about our father blessing him through Jacob because Jacob being there, God was blessing the whole family. He's still holding on to these false images. Verse 20, And Jacob stole away unawares to Laban, the Syrian, in that he told him not that he fled. And I could use a little, little work on the translation there. And Jacob stole away unawares, meaning that he stole Laban's heart. Rachel stole the idols, but Jacob stole Laban's heart because he just picked up and left without telling him and took, his, took Laban's daughters and Laban's grandkids and, and was just headed out. So, you know, regardless of how how Laban treated him as far as with, with his uh, deceptions and stuff, he's still a grandfather. He's still a father. So, he, you know, he still had a heart for that. Verse 21. So he fled with all that he had, and he rose up and passed over the river, this being the Euphrates, and set his face towards Mount Gilead. And it was told Laban on the third day that Jacob had fled. And he took his brethren with him. Now this just means he, he took those that were around him. And pursued after him seven days' journey, and they overtook him in Mount Gilead. And God came unto Laban the Syrian in a dream by night and said unto him, Take heed that thou speak not to Jacob, either good or bad. And what this means is, in the Hebrew it means from good to bad. So don't go over there and, and just cut him down. You know, don't, don't butter him up and then cut him down and, and you know, do, you better be respectful to him. He's letting him know that God's got Jacob's back in this deal. Verse 25, Then Laban overtook Jacob. Now Jacob had pitched his tent in the mount, and Laban with his brethren pitched in the Mount of Gilead. So here they are, they're, they're camped out together. And Laban said to Jacob, What hast thou done that thou hast stolen away unawares to me? You, Why did you kind of break my heart this way? okay? And carried away my daughters as captives taken with the sword. You just up and left. You didn't even let, them, let me you know, tell them bye or anything. 27. Wherefore didst thou flee away secretly? and steal away from me. And didst not tell me that I might have sent thee away with mirth and with songs and with tabret and with heart. So now he's, maybe he would have done that. He probably would have tried to convince him to stay longer, but you know, it, you never know. 28. And hast not suffered me to kiss my sons, that being grandsons, and my daughters. Thou hast now done foolishly in doing so. So it, you can tell he's, Laban's pretty upset. He's heard about this. Verse 29. It is in my power, or in the power of my hand, to do you hurt. But the God of your father spake unto me yesterday night, saying, Take thee heed that thou not speak to Jacob, either good or bad. Now you see right there, he said, The God of your father. Chapter 30, verse 27 and verse 30, he was saying, he was claiming God. He said, The Lord. The Lord has blessed us. The Lord has blessed me because of you, but now it's the God of your father. So now he's he, he's, going back to his images. He's kind of disclaiming God, I guess you could say. 30. And now, though thou wouldest needs be gone, because thou soar longest after thy father's house, yet wherefore hast thou stolen my gods? Lowercase g. So now he's all about these idols again. You know, that, that little chunk of wood or that stone that got carved out that that's definitely going to do some blessing 31 and Jacob answered and said to Laban because I was afraid for I said poor venture thou would take by force thy daughters from me he just figured that Laban would take all the increase that he's had and the daughters and the sons and just cast Jacob out to the side tell him if you want to go home you you just you go ahead and start walking Verse 32, with whomsoever thou findest thy gods, let him not live. Before our brethren, discern thou what is thine with me, and take it to thee. For Jacob knew not that Rachel had stolen them. And this this might sound like a really harsh punishment, but in this area, uh, we we talked about it before, there is a code, it's called the Code of Kamarabi, And the punishment for theft or burglary was death. So what they're doing, you see that code coming in here before the Mosaic law came about in Exodus. Verse 33. And Laban went into Jacob's tent and into Leah's tent and into the two maiden servants' tents, but he found them not. Then went he out of Leah's tent and entered into Rachel's tent. Now Rachel had taken the images. You notice right there, it's Rachel's mentioned twice by name to draw emphasis to this, and put them in the camel's furniture, that would be the saddle, and set upon them. And Laban searched all the tent, but found them not. Now this word searched is 4959 in the Strong's Strong's Concordance, and it's moshash, and it means to feel or to grope around. So he wasn't just looking. He was thoroughly searching this tent out. Verse 35, And she said to her father, let it not displease my Lord that I cannot rise up before thee, for the custom of women is upon me. And he searched but found not the images. So it shows you right there, Laban was real deceitful with Jacob. He, he led him on, you know, he made him work seven years for Rachel, where instead he gave him Leah. And then he worked another seven years for Rachel. And then now we're at six years he's been working for this herd and through that deceit, now Rachel's practicing a little deceit. You know, she, she's not going to stand up because it would be inappropriate for her to with what she's saying is going on. Verse 36, And Jacob was wroth and chode, and chode with Laban. And Jacob answered and said to Laban, What is my trespass? What is my sin that thou hast hotly pursued after me? Well, Jacob's done got hot and he's had his feel of it. 37. Whereas thou hast searched all my stuff, what hast thou of all thy household stuff? What hast thou found of all thy household stuff? Set it here before my brethren and thy brethren, that they may judge betwixt us both. This twenty years have I, been, have I been with thee. Thy ewes and thy she-goats have not cast their young, and the rams of thy flock have I not eaten. That which was torn of beast. I brought not unto thee, I bear the loss of it. Of my hand didst thou require it, whether stolen by day or stolen by night. So Jacob didn't get any increase in anything, and at the same time, he had to pay for what was damaged or lost. Verse 40, thus I was in the day, the drought consumed me, or the heat, and the frost by night, and my sleep departed from my eyes. With it, the, the sleep in this region, the shepherds would be out for weeks at a time in the field. They wouldn't be home. They'd be out. So, you know, naturally, you wouldn't be sleeping good out there on a rock, you know, like you use that rock for a pillow. Verse 41. Thus have I been 20 years in thy house. I served, I served thee 14 years for thy two daughters and six years for thy cattle, and thou hast changed my wages 10 times. Oh, Laban just hadn't, been, just hadn't been honest at all with him. Verse 42, except the God of my father, the God of Abraham, and the fear of Isaac, that fear, that, that reverence, meaning the God of Isaac as well, had been with me, surely thou hadst sent me away now empty. Except for God came to you in this dream and told you to deal with me right, he knows Laban would have come up there and stripped him of everything he had and just sent him packing. God hath seen my affliction and the labor of my hands and rebuked thee yesternight. 43. And Laban answered and said unto Jacob, These daughters are my daughters, and these children are my children, and these cattle are my cattle, and all that thou seest is mine. And what can I do this day unto these my daughters, or unto their children which they have borne? So he's, kind of, you know, what he's saying is he don't want to do anything to hurt his family. Now, he's kind of taking a little far on the cattle because that's Jacob's. But what he's saying is, these are my daughters and my grandchildren. I'm not going to do anything to hurt them. 44. Now, therefore, come thou, let us make a covenant, I and thou, and let it be for a witness between me and thee. And Jacob took a stone, and he set it up for a pillar. And Jacob said unto his brethren, Gather stones. And they took stones and made a heap, and they did eat thereupon the heap. And Laban called it Jagar-Sahadutha, but Jacob, but Jacob called it Gilead which both of those mean the Jagar-Sahadutha means witness heap in the Chaldee, and Gilead means the same thing just in Hebrew. Verse 48, And Laban said, The heap is a witness between me and thee this day. Therefore was the name of it called Gilead and Mizpah, for he said, The Lord watched between me and thee when we are absent from one another. Now Mizpah means watchtower. Verse 50. If thou shalt afflict my daughters, or if thou shalt take other wives besides my daughters, no man is with us. See, God is witness betwixt me and thee. So what he said now he's coming back around, he's kind of getting off of these idols, and he's saying, Look, God is my witness here. And if you do anything to hurt my family when I'm not around, to hurt my daughters or anything like that, God's going to be the witness and you'll be punished accordingly. It's pretty well, you know, just giving him a good old father-in-law talk here. And the important thing is, though, that he's referring to God as his God again instead of your God. Verse 52, this heap shall be a witness and this pillar be a witness that I will not pass over this heap to thee and that thou shalt not pass over this heap and this pillar unto me for harm. They can go back and forth and visit each other, but they're not at all with any type of aggressiveness. 53, the God of Abraham and the God of Nahor, the God of their father judge betwixt us and Jacob swear by the fear of his father Isaac. Now, swearing by the fear of his father Isaac means he's swearing by the God of Isaac. 54, then Jacob offered sacrifice unto the mount and called his brethren to eat bread. And they did eat bread and tarried all night in the mount. And early in the morning, Laban rose up and kissed his sons and his daughters and blessed them. And Laban departed and returned into his place. They might remember whenever Jacob, whenever he had the vision, the dream of the ladder and the angels ascending and descending. And he made a pillar and then he, he asked God, you know, protect me, bless me, you know, be with me and and make sure that I make it home safe. I'd like to come back home safe at some point. This is exactly what happened right here. God showed up to Laban. Laban was probably going to go out and rip him off again. But God showed up to him and said, oh, you're not going to do that. That's God's protection on Jacob, because Jacob is this one who, through him, came the patriarchs of Israel, and so God is protecting that line, whereby the Christ child could come through this line and be able to raise up and make that ultimate sacrifice to shed his blood for one and all times to cover all of our sins. All right, chapter 32, verse 1. And Jacob went on his way, and the angels of God met him. And when Jacob saw them, he said, This is God's host, or his camp. And he called the name of this place Mahanaim, which means two camps. And Jacob sent messengers before him to Esau, his brother, unto the land of Seir, the country of Edom. Now, this is kind of... It's going to get kind of difficult, uh, I guess, to understand because God has shown him over and over that he's there. He just saw the the camp of of God right here with him. And now he's sending a messenger ahead to Esau, verse 4. And he commanded them, saying, Thus shall ye speak unto my lord Esau. Thy servant Jacob saith, I have sojourned with Laban and stayed there until now. And I have oxen and asses and flocks and men servants and women servants. And I have sent to tell my Lord that I may find grace in thy sight. So he's really humbling himself before Esau. And he really don't have a need to. Like I said, God told him he's going to come back safely. The prophecy is that Esau will serve Jacob. But now he's really kind of, he's humbling himself. And I guess he's just doing it out of peace to to try to be sure that there's peace there. Verse six, and the messengers returned to Jacob saying, we came to thy brother Esau, and also he cometh to meet thee and 400 men with him. Now, last time they talked, Esau was going to kill him. Last time Jacob was in this area, Esau was set out to kill him. So whenever Jacob hears, there's 400 men and Esau. And Jacob's traveling with his family and with shepherds and with flocks, he might be thinking, oh, like is it an army <laughs> or, or do they look friendly? What, what do these guys' faces look like? Are, are they dressed up in battle array or, or what's going on here? Verse 7, Then Jacob was greatly afraid and distressed, and he divided the people that was with him and the flocks and the herds and the camels into two bands or two camps. Verse 8, and he said, if Esau come to one company and smite it, then the other company which is left shall escape. Now, this is, it is a smart thing to do. You know, that way the whole thing don't get taken out at once. The whole camp, everything he has be taken out at once. But at the same time, he's forgetting the promise that God made him. Verse 9, and Jacob said, O God of my father Abraham and God of my father Isaac, The Lord which said is to me, Return into thy country and to thy kindred, and I will deal with thee. I am not worthy of the least of all the mercies and all of the truth which thou hast shown unto thy servant. For with my staff I passed over this Jordan, and now I am become two bands. Deliver me, I pray thee, from the hand of my brother, from the hand of Esau, for I fear him, lest he will come and smite me, and the mother with the children. He's scared Esau's fixing to come up here and take everything he's got and kill his whole family. And God told him, don't be scared. Go back. Return. Verse 12. And thou saidest, I will surely do thee good and make thy seed as the sand of the sea, which cannot be numbered for multitude. 13. And he lodged there the same night and took of that which came to his hand a present for Esau his brother, two hundred she-goats and twenty he-goats, two hundred ewes and twenty rams, thirty milk-camels with their coats, forty kine and ten bulls, twenty she-asses and ten fowls. And he delivered them into the hand of his servants, every drove by themselves, and and said unto his servants, Pass over before me, and put a, a space betwixt drove and drove. So what he's saying is, you go first, give a little space there, then you go. And as Esau's coming out, maybe he'll receive these gifts, and then it'll be a little bit, and he'll receive this next bunch of gifts. And then it'll, you know, and with each passing gift, maybe it'll soften soften him up. Maybe it'll butter it up to him, you know, and and he'll forget about the whole thing because I'm giving him such good gifts. Verse 17. And he commanded the foremost, saying, When Esau, my brother, meeteth thee, and asketh thee, saying, Who art thou, and whither goest thou, and whose are these before thee? Then thou shalt say, They be thy servant Jacob's. Now, this is inaccurate. Jacob is not Esau's servant. The, the prophecy of God to Rebekah said that the elder shall serve the younger. Esau is supposed to be Jacob's servant, and it, it is a present sent unto my lord Esau, and behold, also he is behind us. And so commanded he the second and the third and all that followed the droves, saying, "On this manner shall you speak unto Esau when you find him." So he's he's really trying to butter up to him here. And say you moreover, behold, thy servant Jacob is behind us. For he said, "I will appease with the, I will appease him with the present that goeth before me, and afterward, I will see his face. For adventure, he will accept of me." So he's trying to give all these gifts to appease him or to hide his offense from him. And, you know, in Jacob's mind, it's sounding like he thinks that he did an offense by accepting the birthright or the blessing of the firstborn from Isaac. But in all reality, he bought that birthright from Esau. And moreover than that, God promised him this. Verse 21, so went the present over before him and himself lodged that night in the company or in the camp. And he rose up that night and took his two wives and his two women servants and his 11 sons and passed over the ford Jabbok. And Jabbok means the pouring out or the emptying. And he took them and sent them over the brook and sent over that he had. And Jacob was left alone, and there wrestled a man with him until the breaking of day. Now this word man, it, it is, this is God. It's the angel of the Lord is who this is. Verse 25, And when he saw that he prevaileth not against him, notice these are capital H's on these he's, When the angel of the Lord saw that he did not prevail against Jacob, the angel of the Lord touched the hollow of his his thigh, and the hollow of Jacob's thigh was out of joint, and he wrestled with him. He knocked his hip out of socket, and Jacob continued to wrestle. That's tough. Verse 26, And he said, Let me go, for the day breaketh. And he said, I will not let thee go, except thou bless me. Now, the sun's coming up. God don't want to be here right now. He don't want nobody to see this. This is between him and Jacob. And he's saying, let me go. I I need to go now. Verse 27. And he said unto him, what is thy name? And he said, Jacob. Naturally, God knew exactly who he was. And Jacob means contender. And he said, thy name shall be called no more Jacob or the contender, but Israel. Israel means God commands, orders, or rules. For as a prince hast thou power with God, and with men hast prevailed. And Jacob asked him, and said, Tell me, I pray thee thy name. And he said, Wherefore is it that thou dost ask after my name? And he blessed him there. And Jacob called the name of the place Peniel. Peniel means God's face. For I have seen God face to face, and my life is preserved. He wrestled God all night long. And not just that, he continued to wrestle with basically a broke hip. And he's worried about Esau. God's on his side. And God's showing him continually that he's on his side. And he's still worried about Esau. Esau must have had a really, really good uh, bluff in on him. 31. And as he passed over Penuel, the sun rose upon him. And he halted upon his thigh. He was pretty. He was. He was limping. Okay, that that halted is he was limping. Verse thirty-two. Therefore, the children of Israel eat not of the sinew which shrank, which is upon the hollow of the thigh, unto this day, because he touched the hollow of Jacob's thigh in the sinew that shrank. And that's the the ligament of the hip of the hip joint there that it's talking about. So how incredible would that be to see God face to face, not only see him, but wrestle with him? Goodness, I mean, I, I don't believe I want to take on that much of a challenge. That old Jacob's a tough, tough bird there. Chapter 33 and verse 1. And Jacob lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, Esau came, and with him 400 men. Now, you might imagine he's probably getting a little scared, getting getting back a little shaky because now not only is he pushing family and pushing flocks, but he's hurt, he's injured, and he divided the children under Leah, and under Rachel, and under the two handmaidens, and he put the handmaids and their children foremost, and Leah and her children after that, and Rachel and Joseph hindermost. Now that's kind of, you know, just as a, ah. Uh. I just, I, I can't see doing that. I, I would see walking in front of my family. If, if stuff was going to go down, uh, it's going to go down that way. Not with the women and the children out front. Verse 3, and he passed over before them and bowed himself to the ground seven times until he came near to his brother. So now he, he's constantly showing or pretending that he's the servant. Verse 4, and Esau ran to meet him and embraced him and fell on his neck, and kissed him, and they wept. Now, all this worry, God was in control the whole time. Esau had no bitterness towards him. God had resolved the situation, not only resolved it, but blessed Jacob tremendously in the, in this, with, with Laban. Verse 5, And when he lifted up his eyes, and saw the women and the children, and said, Who are those with thee? And he said, the children which God hath graciously given thy servant. There he's he's saying, thy servant. Then the handmaidens came near, they and their children, and they bowed themselves. And Leah also with her children came near and bowed themselves. And after came Joseph near and Rachel, and they bowed themselves. And he said, what meanest thou by all this drove which I met? Why did you send all these gifts out in front? And he said, These are to find grace in the sight of my Lord. And Esau said, I have enough, my brother. Keep that that thou hast unto thyself. He's saying, he has an abundance. He don't need any more. He's been blessed right there where he's at. And Jacob said, Nay, I pray thee. If now I found grace in thy sight, then receive my present at my hand. For therefore, I have seen thy face as thou I had seen the face of God and now was pleased with me. He just can't believe that after all these years he's come back and Esau has nothing as far as no type of resentment. He's glad to have him back. Verse 12, and he said, Let us take our journey and let us go, and I will go before thee. And he said unto him, My Lord knoweth that the children are tender, and the flocks and the herds with, with young are with me. And if men should drive them one day, all the flock will die. Will die. And basically saying they, they've, they've, had a, they've had it pretty tough. Let us rest here. 14. Let my Lord, I pray thee, pass over before his servant, and I will lead on softly, according as the cattle that goeth before me and the children be able to endear, until I come unto my Lord, unto Sierra. They're saying, we're just going to kind of keep on, we're going to take our time. I'm not trying to make a big push and, and wear everybody out. Verse 15, and Esau said, let me now leave with thee some of the folk that are with me. And he said, what needeth it? Let me find grace in the sight of my Lord. So Esau returned that day on his way to Unto Seir, and Jacob journeyed to Succoth and built him a house and made booths for his cattle. Therefore, the name of the place is called Sakuth, and Succoth, it means booths or a tent type of uh dwelling verse eighteen and Jacob came to Shelem, the city of Shechem, which is in the land of Canaan, where he came from Padan aram, and pitched his tent before the city, and he brought a, and he bought a parcel of field where he had spread his tent and the hand of the children of Hamor, Shechem's father, for an hundred pieces of money. And he erected there an altar called El Eloha Israel. And that means God or the God of Israel. So we'll pick it up in verse, I mean, in chapter 34 in our next study. We covered a lot today, but that got, Is, that got Jacob back set with Esau. You know, whenever you, let, whenever you allow God to have control and you step out of the way and allow his will to be done, not your will to be done, things will always work out. Jacob was scared to death because he just thought that, oh, it was a mess up going back. He was scared that Esau was going to kill him and his family and take everything he had, but God had it. God handled it. God is always in control. God bless you all and have a great day. Thank you for joining us today for this episode of the Humans Under Grace Bible Study Podcast. If you have any questions, you can go to our website at www.humansundergrace.com and under the Contact Us page, submit your question. Also, you can write to us at Humans Under Grace, P.O. Box 1467, Tatum, Texas 75691. Thank you and God bless you.